It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Thank you, Zoldy. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Check out our merch store on thefinside.threadless.com. Six games down, 10 to go. The Dolphins lose 17-16 to the 0-5 Washington Redskins in the final play of the game, going for a two-point conversion that nobody should see. A brief recap of the game. The Redskins uh, go three and out on the first three drives. The Dolphins don't do much better on their drives. Josh Rosen was sacked four times in the first quarter. On the fourth Redskins drive, Case Keenum connects with Terry McLaurin for a 25-yard touchdown, beating Ken Webster to make it 7-0. Josh Rosen is intercepted on the next drive by Quentin Dunbar. It's 7-3 at halftime. The Redskins come out of the of halftime with a 75-yard drive capped with another Terry McLaurin 33-yard touchdown, splitting Ken Webster and Bobby McCain to make it 14-3. After another long third-quarter drive, it's 17-3 Redskins. Then they insert Ryan Fitzpatrick into the game, and that's where things start to change completely because at at the end of the fourth quarter, Devon, Ryan Fitzpatrick connects with Devontae Parker to make the game 17-16. to And I was thinking there, Paul, at that point, do I even want the Dolphins with Ryan Fitzpatrick to win this game? I'm with you on that. It's, it's tough because I, I can't bring myself to not want the Dolphins to win when I'm watching a game. But at the same time, if they're giving up on Rosen, which somehow the blocking got better. I don't know if it was Fitzpatrick calling his protections versus Rosen calling his, but the blocking definitely got better when Fitzpatrick entered the game. And, you know, if Fitzpatrick is who they're going with because Rosen can't call protections, then I'm not sure if I do want them to win because, yeah, to me, if you're giving up on Rosen at this point, you want to pick as high as humanly possible because Fitzpatrick is not your long-term answer. Yeah, and Josh Rosen's still a 22-year-old quarterback here, and it's he looked like it today. It was a very bad performance. I mean, even though the, the pass protection was not good, like you said, he couldn't call that protection either, and even – he. At some point, it seems like he doesn't quite understand pass protection angles either. I mean, there was one play where there was a play action, and Mark Walton got blown up, and then Jesse Davis uh, uh, took the defensive end and pushed him out to the side, and, and Josh Rosen just did not step up. And we saw that a lot with Ryan Tannehill. We saw a lot with Josh Rosen in this game. So what is your thought on the the following game against the Buffalo Bills? Do you think – that Ryan Fitzpatrick should start? Do you think Josh Rosen should start? I think you still have to start Rosen the rest of the way. I mean, you have to see if you can develop him or not. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the long-term answer. Like you, you alluded to, like I was saying before, if you don't believe Josh Rosen is the answer, you still have to start him and see. You have to see how he can develop. You have to see what he can do for you. And I mean, at this point, you're not winning a huge amount of games, regardless of who the starter is. So throw Rosen in, take your lumps, have Fitzpatrick spell him when you need to, 
but at this point you need to start Rosen and see what you have and see how he develops over the course of the season. So let's take a look at the NFL draft order here because right before we did this show, the Los Angeles Chargers lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers. What a heartbreaking game. I don't know how with Delvin Hodge as a quarterback, you end up going down 24 to nothing in that contest. But the Chargers end up losing that game 24 to 17 a week after getting clearly outplayed by the Denver Broncos. So if if the Steelers had lost that game, the Dolphins would have been heading into week seven of the NFL season with the second and third picks of the NFL draft. As it stands right now, and I could be corrected on this, number one overall right now is the Cincinnati Bengals at 0-6. And, and the only reason the Dolphins aren't there is because the Dolphins are 0-5 right now. Um, and Dolphins are number two at 0-5. Redskins are third uh, at 1-5 because of strength of schedule. Falcons are fourth at 1-5. Jets are fifth at one and four. Browns, who have been just put on this pedestal of of developing rosters, are two and four, and they have the sixth spot. Jaguars seventh at two and four. Jag, uh, Giants eighth at two and four. And then the Dolphins are now ninth, heading into Week Seven at, at two and four. So, still, even when you when you take a look at the Steelers' victory here. Dolphins still could be looking at two picks in the top 10. And they're going to be. I mean, you pointed out Delvin Hodge is still the Steelers quarterback. There's probably going to be some controversy as the season wears on because it's reported that the Redskins want to try to pursue Mike Tomlin. That's not going to help the Steelers win games when there's question marks coming at the head coach position. You look at the Steelers roster. Yeah, they played a hell of a game against the Chargers tonight, but – the Chargers also, they look like a miserable wanderlust team as well. And the Steelers had a great game. They really did. On defense, they looked like the old Steelers for a game. And I don't think they can keep that up. And I don't think Delvin Hodge can keep up the pace he had tonight either. And part of it, too, with the Chargers, and I see it across the NFL and I see it with the Dolphins, is terrible, terrible offensive line play. And the Chargers just lost lost Mike Pouncey for the year. They have Russell Okung on injured reserve. Just not a good situation with their offensive line. Phillip Rivers is getting rid of the ball way sooner than he has to, and we saw that with Josh Rosen here today. So when you take a look at the quarterbacks, it's hard to grade one thing, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, as much as we don't want to see him be the starting quarterback because there's really, frankly, no point in it, he did come in. And he was 12 for 16, and he almost came back and won the game. So looking at Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick, what grade do you put on this quarterback spot? I'd have to go with a D-plus, and that's only because Ryan Fitzpatrick brought it up. For Rosen, today was easily an F, whether the protection was there or not, whether that was on him or not. Um, But Fitzpatrick almost brought them back to win a game that they looked absolutely lost in. And that speaks volumes. So that that does bring it up to a D plus for me. I'm right there with the D plus, and for all the reasons you said there. I mean, if just Rosen, and I don't think it's all his fault. And we'll get to that with the wide receivers and tight ends. Yeah, the protection was not good. The 
wide receivers were not getting separation. I mean, I, I'm really disappointed in Devontae Parker and Preston Williams in this game. You know, I, th- I thought they could have put up some, some big yards here against against Josh Norman and against uh, Quentin Dunbar and, and Fabian Moreau on the outside, but that didn't quite happen. And at one point, you, when Josh Rosen was yanked, he was, what, 15 for 25 for 85 yards and two interceptions, and those interceptions were not good. So I'm going to stay right there with the D+. At running back, this was probably the best game from this group all year. Uh, Mark Walton started the game. That was a pretty big surprise to everybody. And overall, when you look at Mark Walton, Kenyon Drake, Kalen Balaj, 19 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown, 4.2 yards a carry among all of them there. And I, I liked how they used the screen game as well throughout the game. But I, I wish they would have put Mark Walton and Kenyon Drake on the field at the same time because I thought at, at the time there in the second quarter, they were the two most talented offensive weapons on the roster at that point. And we were texting back and forth, forth about that too, Paul. So, you know, Again, I it, part part of me thinks that that I like this running back spot a lot more than I probably should, and part part of me thinks too that I I don't I don't have a lot of respect for the running back position in general unless you have a Saquon Barkley or a Todd Gurley type. So overall, I, I'm going to give this running back spot a, a B minus in this game. I'll give him a B. I mean, I really liked what I saw to Walton. Um, I liked Kalen Balaj on the fake punt. As much as, you know, it, it's easy to root for the Miami to lose, it was a little heartbreaking, even though it was a terrible play call on that two-point conversion, seeing Kalen Balaj, or um, Kenny and Drake drop that pass. But uh, overall, I liked what I saw from them. I like Kalen Balaj. I wish they would use them more with Walton and Balaj on the field at the same time. Unfortunately, they didn't, but uh, I can give them a solid B here. I, I don't think the running backs were to blame. Yeah, definitely not. Wide receiver and tight end, Mike Kosicki, three catches for 51 yards, and it, had he boxed out Landon Collins on a deep pass from Josh Rosen, could have been a lot more. So I do like that Mike Kosicki is getting separation. Credit to our YouTube commenters that have, have pointed that out too. Uh, I, I think we're starting to see a little bit of something out of Gasicki. It, it doesn't mean that he's a star, but, you know, at least he's an athlete out there at the tight end spot. Uh, but again, like I said, I'm, I'm really disappointed in Preston Williams and Devontae Parker, other than Devontae Parker's touchdown that brought the Dolphins within a point before they went for the uh, two-point conversion. Albert Wilson, five catches for 15 yards. Man, oh, man, I... I can't help but think that Albert Wilson, if anybody's interested, they could get a steal uh, before the trade deadline for this guy. So, but overall, they, Preston Williams and Devontae Parker, their, their lack of separation against a secondary that's allowed opposing quarterbacks to have a quarterback rating of over 110 is a big problem. So overall, going to go with a D+. Plus. Yeah, the receiver group just wasn't good today, and uh, I'm a little worried about the fact that Jakeem Grant was inactive. Um, I don't, I don't think if they're souring on Grant a little bit or sending a message to Grant, I don't think Albert Wilson's going to be up for bid unless somebody blows them away for him. 
I think the Dolphins do like the long-term possibilities for him, especially uh, given the fact that we all expect them to go quarterback very early in next year's draft, if not at the earliest possible moment. But I will say, outside of Albert Wilson, outside of a few highlight moments from Kosicki, there were a couple of times where I did wish Kosicki could have gone up and high-pointed the ball or put a little more effort in to get to the ball when he was in coverage. But for me, I can go with a C for these guys. Offensive line, you know, when you look at the four sacks in the first quarter, it's it's easy just to take a look at that and say that the entire line played bad. And I, I have to spread the blame around a little bit with those with those four sacks. Uh, Mark Walton uh, was blown up on a couple occasions. Uh, Jesse Davis uh, was beat up at least pretty embarrassingly on two sacks at the right tackle spot. Jamarcus Webb seems to always get pushed back from the left tackle spot. But the one I'm really disappointed in, I don't care if he's a rookie, is left guard Michael Dieter. Uh, if you uh, go to my Twitter page, Brian Cat NFL, you'll see a video that where Trayvon Hester absolutely destroyed him for a sack. And if you look throughout the rest of the game, too, it's it's that same thing with Michael Dieter. Like I, I think this guy might be a good player, but right now he is struggling at that left guard spot. So, you know, I, I, I think this is where the first domino falls on the offense. And even though the running backs averaged 4.2 yards a carry, the pass protection just was not good enough here today. It got way better when Ryan Fitzpatrick got in the game, got the ball out of his hands quickly. Um, but not good enough. One thing I'll say, and one bright spot is, I really like Evan Bame at that right guard spot, and I hope that he, the Dolphins figure him in somewhere along the interior of that offensive line in 2020. But overall, for the offensive line, I give him a D. I'm going to go with a D- minus for a lot of the reasons you said. I do like Bame. Uh, Dieter had an embarrassing game, although I do expect him to pick it up as we go through the years here, I'm unpleasantly unpleased. I'll I'll go with, with the way that this offensive line played, but at the same time, it's, you look at the fact of how they're starting random people in random positions. It feels like almost on a weekly basis. And at this point, it's not, fully due to injury anymore it's it's literally some of the same guys like i'm i'm kind of getting over jesse davis at this point people can tell me he's a right guard people can tell me he's a right tackle people can tell me whatever they want to tell me i just don't think he's good enough to be a starter and i think he's definitely a liability that they need to replace for next year at this point i i everything starts with solid offensive line play and we didn't see that today other than briefly when Fitzpatrick came in the game. Some of that was him getting the ball out quickly. Some of that, I'm sure, was him calling the protections better. But at the same time, this offensive line just was not getting it done. So, D-minus for me. Yeah, I'm with you on the grade there. It's, you know, when it comes to Jesse Davis, and, I mean, we've said it for, for a very, very long time, I think we both like Jesse Davis at right guard. Not not that he's a great player, but one thing when it comes to players like Evan Bame and and Dan Kilgore, and Kilgore had an embarrassing snap today where basically he rolled the ball to a quarterback. I mean, he didn't basically, he did. 
other than that, even though that was a terrible error, I don't think Kilgore and Bame lose all that much. And I think Jamarcus Webb and Michael Dieter and Jesse Davis at right tackle lose a lot. But we talked about Jack Conklin in, in our free agency show. If you have Jack Conklin at right tackle and you can push Jesse Davis into right guard, now you improve two positions pretty easily. And basically you take all those resources and you shove them into the center and guard spot. But the Dolphins too often now are, are spreading things too thin to that tackle position. They are. And I, even though Kilgore doesn't get beat a lot, I still want him replaced next year. Um, or I still want them to draft a rookie to develop next year. Kilgore's not the long-term answer and we're building for the long-term. Um, like you've pointed out, yep. Bame is probably the only one that is is a long-term guy for me. Yeah, and, and even if Bame isn't a starter or Dieter isn't a starter, they at least have that versatility to be a swing man on the inside. Maybe a maybe a less impressive version of Jake Brendel. So we'll see how that goes. On defense, the Dolphins, I'll say – really disappointed me in run defense today. You know, I thought they could take the Redskins and make them really one-dimensional. And it seemed like that was going to happen at first. I mean, the first three drives of the game for the Redskins, they go three and out. And then they have a 93-yard drive capped off by the Terry McLaurin touchdown. Uh, Overall for the game, Adrian Peterson, 23 carries for 118 yards. And, you know, really had a, a, a heck of a second quarter where he seemed to go right up the gut several times. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit, little bit disappointing. So let's take a look at the front seven. When it comes to this this unit here, I can't get over week after week. We, we keep talking about the lack of consistent pass rush. Again, no sacks on the day against Case Keenum. And, you know, with the run defense and – Davin got with the run defense with with the lack of pass rush. I, I can't grade this unit very highly, but I think Vince Beagle can play. You know, if Vince Beagle. It seems like every time he's on the field, he is strategically finding ways to get to the quarterback. Whether that's right up the middle, whether that's going around the edge. I mean, one play where where uh, the Redskins got a ten yard catch uh, from from Kelvin Harmon. He comes right up the gut. Because he diagnosed the play and he was able to to get right in there and get in the face of the quarterback. So I think Vince Beagle is a keeper, and he seems like that typical New England Patriots style type of defense that that Brian Flores uh, is trying to implement here. Uh, Raekwon McMillan, very good in run defense again. Uh, he on one of Adrian Peterson's run runs, he picked the wrong hole, but you know that that tends to happen from time to time. So. Yeah, overall for the front seven, you know, with the run defense and with the pass rush, I can't give them any higher than a D. I can go with a C minus here, and there were definitely some some low spots. I didn't love the pass rush from most of the team. Um, As you point out with Beagle, I did like it from him, even though he wasn't able to quite get there. He was at least close on a few occasions and, and noticeably close, but in the absence of passers from anybody else along that defensive line, um, other than occasionally Raquan McMillan, it, it's it's not good. It's you, you can't allow 
you, you can't allow what the Dolphins did on defense. That you can't allow Adrian Peterson to suddenly look like it's five years ago, um, in, as far as the run defense goes. And we need somebody to get some push up the middle. I th- I thought early this season John Jenkins was going to be that guy. He hasn't shown it since. And, and while Gotchow and uh, Christian Wilkins are typically decent against the run they're not getting any type of push against the pass and and we need some type of push up that middle. So for me, C minus for them, um, Jerome Baker, Sam Aguavion, it'd be nice to be saying your name for a good reason when it comes to the front seven, but unfortunately not at all. Yeah. And the lack of pass rush has a domino effect on Jerome Baker and Sam Aguavion because eventually they're going to have to, pin their ears back and go after the quarterback and not draft drop back into pass defense. And that that's not happening without that, that consistent pass rusher at defensive back case Keenum goes 13 for 25, 166 yards, two touchdowns. But, you know, with 10 minutes left in the third quarter, case Keenum only had 44 yards passing and, there was no Xavier Howard out there. He he had a knee injury. A lot of people thought, oh, well, there, there might be something going on with tanking. I, I don't quite think that's the case. And so there was a lot of play here from Ken Webster, uh, the, the talented rookie cornerback out of Mississippi, as well as Nick Needham, who was called up from the practice squad. And when he was called up from the practice squad, I thought, why the hell are you calling up Nick Needham? But he had a hell of a game. I mean, he was all over the place. It looked like he came out after a bad preseason with something to really prove, and and he did a heck of a job. But one thing I've got to say, though, is I, I and I'm, I'm going to keep beating this drum. I don't want to have Bobby McCain be in that last line of defense. I mean, we saw that in the second Terry McLaurin touchdown where he was not quite fast enough to get to that spot. And it, it seems like every week we're talking about – He's either not fast enough or he over-pursues or he just doesn't make the tackle. I love Bobby McCain. We both love Bobby McCain. I would love to see him as the nickel cornerback here next year. Rashad Jones continues to be hit and miss every week, just like he's been largely throughout his career, except the hits just are not happening at this point. I still look for him to get cut after the year. But, you know, Eric Rowe, too. Had had a very, I mean, it seems like it's on again, off again, on again, off again with him every week. And today was definitely on again. So the the defensive back spot definitely deserves some kudos given how things happen. I mean, if you take out the two touchdowns to Terry McLaurin, which did make the difference in the game, the secondary played pretty well. So overall, I'm going to give him a B. Yeah, I think the secondary really helped keep him in this game. I mean, this was probably the best game we've seen all year from Rashad Jones, even though it was mostly up in the box. Bobby McCain, there's still a role for him on this defense. I mean, and he did have some good moments mixed in with the bad. The bad were bad today, but he did have his good moments. Nick Needham, it was nice to see him get that second chance with the Dolphins. He was a guy that we talked about a decent amount in the preseason, even before that first preseason game. As somebody we were kind of, curious to see what 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 we could get out of him and you know what i like what i saw of him i like some of these young corners they've got i still think corner is a need opposite xavian howard for next year i i don't think there should be a draft that goes by that you don't take at least one corner and probably sign one or two undrafted but 
again, it, it's there's a lot of promise from some of these young kids. And I, I can go with a B-plus considering how much I think they did keep the team in this game because if, there's, if there was any semblance of a pass rush too, that would have made the secondary even better. And for special teams, I'll throw it back to you. Boy, this sure looked like a game that was going to be all punts. I really liked that for, that fake punt early on. That was a beautiful play design. Again, but there was nothing that was really a breakout moment. I didn't love or hate Preston Williams returning punts in this one. Didn't feel like a difference in either direction, so I'm just going to go solid B for those guys. Yeah, Jason Sanders hit the only field goal that he had, and um, kudos to Matt Hawk. I mean, I'm either – a punter should be pretty consistent with how we talk and grade him, and not not in this game here. Uh, It it seems like not week to week either. Matt Hawk buries four kicks inside the 20, and it made a big difference in terms of field position. Sometimes it didn't feel like that, but it certainly did in this one. Yeah, Preston Williams, I'm – completely with you on that he looks awkward returning punts and i i don't know if i'm i mean does he really have the the breakaway speed to 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 take it the distance and can we really depend on him to not drop the ball over the entire season if he's somebody that can't drop the ball when when it's thrown to him on on a down to down basis i don't think so i'd rather actually see isaiah ford back there isaiah ford didn't have a great game as a a, um, receiver here he let a defensive back get in front of him when he should have boxed him out but he's not a very physical guy i mean as a punt returner and kick return i think he's a much better fit there than preston williams so uh you've got him there at a b um yeah i'm I'm gonna stick right there at the b as far as the player of the game, I'll I'll go I'll go first on this. You know, I, I have to give it, and it just kills me to do it. I have to give it to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, he came in and it, very clearly it was seventeen to three, and the Dolphins were in were at risk at this point of not scoring a second half point point for the fifth game in a row, which it, it has to be an NFL record. I haven't looked it up, but it has to be. And he comes in, you know, 12 for 16. He leads two touchdown drives. And unfortunately, he may be starter next game because of that. Mike, uh, my Coke bus player of the game. I'm going to have to think about that for a minute. So I'm going to throw it to you for the player of the game. Well, I was going to go Fitzpatrick, but this is my week to go different. Uh, For me, I'm going to go with Mark Walton, as goofy as that might sound. He showed a different element at the running back position. He showed a hell of a lot compared to what we've seen from Kalen Balage. And while I do want to see Drake get a little bit more time out there, like we already talked about, I did think he stepped up and showed some promise for the future as far as that running back position goes, because Drake's a free agent coming up and Miami's got the money to resign him, but he continues to get underutilized. I don't know whether or not he'll want to come back. So Seeing Mark Walton, seeing the possibility with him might not be as big of a need next year and because he, he did flash that little bit when he finally got the call today. Absolutely. And my Cook bus player of the game is going to be Michael Dieter. You know, I, again, I, I don't want to harp on this guy too much because he's a rookie. And, and I think that he does have a place in this league. I, he has some very good versatility but I want him to be able to settle into one spot. And that spot 
next year might end up being center. I mean, I, I think Dan Kilgore is not terrible. I mean, we've seen some really bad centers over the time uh, as Dolphins fans. I mean, Samson Satelli, for example, was, was absolutely terrible. I think Michael Dieter uh, could slip into that center spot and allow you to cut Dan Kilgore and even free up additional cap room for the 2020 off season. But Man, he was beat badly today. If, if you have a chance to just look at the condensed film from NFL.com, you're going to see him beat and beat repeatedly by Jonathan Allen, Trayvon Hester, many of these Redskins interior offensive linemen. So, Paul, who's your guy? I, I like that Dieter pick, by the way. Just, I mean, you watch that swim move that was kind of a half-ass swim move, and he just got smoked. Uh, on a play where Rosen got lit up early. For me, I've got to throw Rosen under the bus here. I mean, you look at the protection when when Fitzpatrick came in, and it's not like they made huge changes on the offensive line. Some of that has to go on Rosen. So He he threw two picks today. Uh, I'll throw him right on that Coke bus for this week. And that will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins 17-16 to loss to the Washington Redskins. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Check out our merch store on thefinside.threadless.com. If it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. So, Ladi, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fifth side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.